Please find your hymn books and please turn to number 109. 109, please turn your hymn books. We'll stand together if you can. Stand if you're able. We're going to sing, I am resolved. Amen. Amen. We're all trying to get excited for the service and await. Stand together. We'll sing out. Please and thank you. 217. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. My hope is in the Lord. 
one and two again. Verse one, two. Yes, Pastor. All right, stay standing one more time. Verse one and two. We'll say this as loud as we can. Put on a smile for the Lord today. Let's give it all we have. My hope is in the Lord who gave himself for me.
Now that he stands before the Father's throne, shows his wounded hands, and names me as his own. Amen. Amen. Pray that is the testimony of everyone here tonight. And I pray that if it is, that you are thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, you know, we can sit here under the tent. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, this is a gospel tent meeting. And for those who are saved, which... You know, presumably the people who were here yesterday, most of them were church folks, uh, are all saved. It serves as a good reminder to us yes. that we remember yes. what Christ has done for Amen. us. Amen. Uh, Revelation 2, the letter to the church at Ephesus. Uh, Jesus Christ said, he told them all the good things they did. They were, they were working, yeah. they were laboring, they were patient, they were separated. They kept themselves uh, from false teachers. Everything that seemed good, they were, again, it said they were working and laboring and you knew their patience. But he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Mm -hmm. What was the problem? What had they done? It seemed like they were a good church. By our definition, and even by Christ's definition up to that point, they were a good church. They were good Christians. What did he say? You've left your first love. I believe what that means is that they had left the love that they had the day they got saved. Mm -hmm. That joy, that zeal for their Savior, that love for Him, the love for His Word, the love for the sacrifice that He had paid for them, and the gratitude that we that we had that day we trusted Christ as our Savior. You know, sometimes life makes us callous. Yeah, it makes us hard. Right. I believe Christians can become religious. And that's exactly what I believe that passage is talking about. Yeah. They had become religious believers. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, and but they were doing it because they knew they were supposed to be doing it. They weren't doing it because they loved their Savior. Mm. I pray that this week, tonight, what God did yesterday, that we would continue to be reminded of the sacrifice He made for us and yes. what He's done for us. Yes. And that our hearts would be stirred and if we have left our first love, we would go back to it. Amen. Amen. We would find our way Amen. back to it. Amen. One more thing about that passage, maybe two more things. It said, you have left your first love, not that you've lost it. Yeah, that's right. If it was lost, we wouldn't know where it was. But if we left it, then we know where it is. Yeah. We can get back to it. I left my yeah. Bible there in the seat, but that's a good place to start. Yeah. With our face in His Word and down on our knees, calling out to Him. Amen. That's a good place to start. And it says to, right after it makes that that point that they've left their first their, their first love, it says, remember. We need to go back and remember our first love. We yes. remember where we left it. And then it says, repent. So sin that we've left our first love. Yeah. We need to repent. And then it says to repeat. It says, do again the first Amen. So I pray. My prayer is this week. That's what I'm praying God will do in my heart. Show me where I've become religious. Amen. Show me where I've left my first love. Where I need to get back to Him. And I'm praying that He'll reveal it to me so that I can do business with Him and get back to where I need to be. I'm not going to keep talking. But, so you know, tomorrow night is Tuesday, right? 
Tomorrow night's Tuesday. We'll pretend it's Monday. We'll just keep having Mondays. It's going to be a week of Monday, so we can just keep going. None of you have church in a couple of days, right? Because it'll still be Monday. No, just uh, tomorrow will be Tuesday. Same time, same place. Wednesday, same thing. Of course, if you're having church at your church, be in your church. And then Thursday will be the last night of the meeting. And uh, I have no doubt that tonight's going to be a blessing. But if you can make it out again, if you can make it out all week, I'd encourage you to do so. Amen. Because each night God will do a work in our hearts. And I pray we don't miss what God wants to do. But All right. You guys ready to come on up? Oh, actually, no, you're not. Okay. We're going to take up an offering. Sorry about that. We're going to take up a love offering uh, for the friend family. As you know, they got a couple of kids. 11 to be exact, if you didn't know. Uh, and uh, several miles to feed, of course. And uh, they drive all over the country. Anybody notice the gas prices at the gas, gas pump? I know they've come down a little bit, but let's not celebrate yet. They're still crazy high. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful to be saving a dollar a gallon, but I'd like to save a couple more dollars a gallon. But, uh, you know, fuel's expensive, food's expensive, clothes are expensive. Uh, all those things. Um, so we want to be a blessing to the friend family. They've already been a blessing to us, and no doubt will continue to this week. Uh, see, Brother Peterman, would you pray for the offering? Thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us, yes. and that, Lord, you showed us how to give in what you've given for us. And I pray that you bless this offering. Thank you for this family. Lord, I pray that you'd fill Brother Friend with your Holy Spirit for preaching, but you'd also fill the singers for singing, and you would fill us for hearing. Yes. That we might not just be hearers, but doers in Jesus' name. are busy and families are busy but uh, nothing's more important than meet with God Amen. Amen. so I appreciate Amen. you taking time to be here we're going to sing a few songs and uh, it'll be a blessing to you Amen
song. I was thinking about it as we were singing My Hope is in the Lord. Um, I'm thankful that the hope of my salvation is not in me. I'm thankful it's not by works of righteousness, righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. And uh, I'm thankful that not just not only my salvation, but the keeping of my soul is in His care as well. Amen. And uh, he has promised, the Bible says we're kept by the power of God. Yes, amen. And so we're going to be kept as long as God has power. Amen. And I think that's going to be forever. Amen. Amen. So, amen. We're going to sing this one. What? Cello's not here? Whoops. Sorry about that. That's our Sorry. The cello just arrived. The cello has entered the building. Or the tent, I guess. Amen. Sing one while she's getting that ready. Let's sing that. At times the devil comes around and whispers in my ear, reminding me of things I've said or done down through the years. But God erased each mistake, and though I don't know how, all I know. All of that is gone behind me now. Living, yes, I'm living like there's no yesterday. My sins have been forgiven and my past was washed away. Heaven's getting closer with every step I take. And I'm living, yes, I'm living like there's no yesterday. What I used to be, and I'm living, yes, I'm living, 
Praise God. Good to be saved. Amen. Amen. Good to be saved. Thank you. 
for the love of God. Yes, sir. Amen. That's how our salvation really came about. Yeah. God so loved the world that He gave. And uh, I like the saying, I don't know where it started, but it doesn't really matter where it started. It's a good one. It said, uh, you know, you can, you can give without loving, but it's impossible to love without giving. Amen. Right. God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son. And whosoever, I like that word, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And um, if you're here tonight and you've never experienced personally the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus, that is your greatest need. And it's supplied. It's here for you to receive tonight. And uh, this song says, God said, I love you. Amen.
This evening, Luke chapter 1, and uh, again, thank you for being here. I trust that you've come to hear from the Lord, and hear from God's perfect and preserved Word. Amen. Amen. I'm not perfect, but... He's perfect, Amen. and His Word is perfect. Yes, sir. And uh, I believe if we'll open up our hearts, He'll do the work in our hearts that needs to be done. Yeah. Luke chapter 1, I invite you to stand with me to read our text tonight. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 76. And just to give you a little context, this is Zacharias, we learn in verse 67, Zacharias is filled with the Holy Ghost and he's prophesying here, Zacharias who is the son or the father of John the Baptist. And this is the testimony he's given, the prophecy he's giving, in verse 76 it says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remissions of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet 
into the way of peace. I want to preach tonight on this way of peace. The way of peace. What's he talking about when he's talking about the way of peace? Well, let's, uh, let's pray and ask for God's understanding wisdom to be given us as we look into his word tonight. And uh, I, I want to ask a couple of brethren to pray before we get into the message. Brother, Pastor Josh Lovelace, if you would pray. And then uh, Brother Brooks Subtle, if you would pray and ask God to speak to us now. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, what a blessing it is uh, to be under this tent tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the wonderful, godly music we've already heard. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, as I know your name was magnified in that song and in those songs, Lord, I pray that your name would also be magnified tonight in your word. Yes. I thank you, Lord, for the chance we have to be together and once again to, to not only uh, be able to praise you in music, but Lord, tonight may we hear from you in your word. I thank you for it. Lord, maybe there's somebody here who doesn't know you as their Savior. May tonight be the night of their salvation. May they know, Lord, this way of peace. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for letting us be here tonight. I pray that you would forgive us for our sins or the things today that we've thought or said or done or whatever we may have done that doesn't glorify your name. And I ask tonight, Father, that you'd speak to us, that you'd through your word and through the preacher and God that you'd help us tonight to understand God how we can be closer to you and the things that we need to do to get sin out of our life and to be closer to you and to be what we ought to be for your name's sake I pray you'd help us to Lord humble ourselves under your mighty hand and Lord would you speak to us and help us to be attentive to your word Lord that when you do speak that God would respond in a way that would be appropriate a way that would be pleasing a way that bring glory and honor to your name I pray that Lord, we'd have a spirit of brokenness. Yes. And Lord, that we'd die to ourselves and we'd live under Christ. Yes. And it should fill us with your spirit and you'd help us to want you and hunger for you. And I pray, Lord, that you please. Lord, give us a spirit, Lord, of sobriety tonight, of seriousness about the things yes. of God. Would you help us to desire you more than we desire anything in this world? Yes, would you help us, Lord, that we'd be broken in our spirits and, Lord, that you might heal us and you might make us the people that we ought to be for your great name's sake. And again, I'd ask that you touch your preacher. Would you help him? Would you strengthen him and use him? And uh, Lord, help his mind, God, in his heart. And God, just give him exactly what he needs for this hour. And I pray you'd be pleased with, Lord, what's done here tonight, that we'd be able to leave, being able to say that we obeyed you and did what you wanted us to do in this meeting. And we'll give you the praise. You help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Our theme, really, this week is a message of peace. And I'm thankful that our God, the great creator of heaven and earth and of mankind, is a God of peace. Yes. I'm thankful that he wants peace with man. Yes. He wants man to have peace with God. Yeah. And uh, we know from the beginning God created man to fellowship with him yeah. and, uh, and to uh, commune with him. But because of sin, uh, it came between, it's come between God and man and separated us from that fellowship that he desires. And as a result of that, uh, that disconnect with God, mankind lacks peace. Now, peace, uh, as stated by the dictionary, is a state of quiet or tranquility. 
It is freedom from agitation by the passions, as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety. Peace is quietness of mind. Peace is calmness and quiet of conscience. You know, those are, that, that's a really a big statement, a big definition of peace. But we all understand one thing about peace. Peace is kind of like hope. Sometimes it might be hard to define, but you understand when you don't have it. <laughs> and peace, listen, our world is filled with chaos, not just uh, among the nations, not just uh, on a grand national scale, but in our homes. Our homes are filled with chaos. Many times our churches are filled with chaos. And many times our hearts are filled with a state of disquiet. Right. And, and and there's a lack of tranquility. There's Instead of being free from fear and free from terror, uh, we many times are captive, uh, captives of terror and fear and anger and anxiety. But God, listen, God in His Word shows us the way of peace. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about this as I was thinking about this statement, the way of peace. I was thinking about our life and our, our lives. They're, they're, it's a journey. Right. It's a journey that we're on. And, uh, and, and, and our way can either be a, a, a way of, of fear, a, a, a lifestyle of just agitation and anxiety, or it can be a life of peace. Yeah. God wants us to have peace, and He is the one who can provide us with Amen. that peace. Amen. So we look at our text tonight... Zacharias here is filled with the Holy Ghost. He's prophesying. We know the, the story of Zacharias and his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, they were up in years. They always wanted to have children. And, uh, and they had been kept from having children until one day the Lord appears to Zacharias and he says, I've heard your prayer. And uh, I, I'm always encouraged by the fact that even though they were old, they were still praying for a child. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. They're still praying. They hadn't given up hope. Amen. And, uh, and say, as he was serving God in, in, in his service there at the tabernacle, uh, or at the temple, uh, the Lord uh, appeared to him uh, through an angel and, and told him that they would have a, a son. And his name would be John. And John was given a specific purpose. And his purpose is spelled out for us in our text. Right. And uh, the Bible says here that he would be called the prophet of the highest, in verse number 76. And it says this about him, For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. His ways. I got to thinking about what are his ways. Well, one of the ways mentioned is, is just right down a few verses later. The way of peace. Jesus Christ... It is called in Isaiah chapter 9, the Prince of Peace. Yeah. The Prince of Peace. You know what that means? That means that wherever Jesus is, there can be peace. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. And John was sent before Jesus to prepare the way and to prepare a people for the way. And, uh, and, and I was thinking about John's mission and, and John's calling. John was sent before, before Jesus to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord Jesus. 
You know what? That's what we're here for, You're too. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And John prepared the people for Christ's first coming. Yes. We ought to be preparing the people Amen. for Christ's second coming. Amen. And and listen, the message that we preach, thank God, is a message of peace. Amen. It's a message of peace. God wants you to have peace. He wants you to have peace in your heart. He wants you to have peace with Him. He wants you to have peace with your family. He wants there to be peace in our nations. Listen, He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. John was given this charge, this commission, this calling to go before the Lord, before the face of the Lord. That, that phrase indicates that the Lord was coming right behind him and that his ministry was before the Lord, that the Lord was watching his ministry. And the Lord is doing the same with us. Are we preaching the message of peace? We need to. Amen? Yeah. And so he's preparing his ways. Now, this world is looking for peace, but as we mentioned, there's very little of it to be found. And it's because people are looking for peace in all the wrong places. They're looking for peace in, 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 uh, in, in financial gain. They're looking for peace in some relationship. They're looking for peace by means of, of better health and better education, and while all of those things are wonderful, none of those things can bring peace to your heart. They can't. Because none of those things deal with the issue of why there is no peace. Now look with me in Isaiah chapter 50, uh, 59. Look at Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 57. Let's, let's uh, go to both of those passages. Isaiah 59... And Isaiah 57, much of what we're reading in our text are quotes from the prophets and from Isaiah. Yeah. And so I want us to look at these, at these passages. Look at Isaiah 57, first of all. Isaiah 57. Look at verse number 19. Said, I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him that is that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. You know what that that really defines our world, and and listen, many times it defines our hearts. Yeah. There's no rest. We're always troubled. We have to have pills to sleep. We have to have noise going on all the time. We can't, we can't stand the quiet. We get in services sometimes, and, and there'll be a moment of quiet. Maybe they'll have an invitation without the piano playing. And, and you can feel a nervousness just rise up within the building. Why is that? Because we're so disquiet in our minds, we cannot even have silence. We can't even endure quiet. But a heart that has peace can, can have peace whether there's noise or quiet. Amen. The wicked, though, are like the troubled sea. It cannot rest. Cannot rest. Whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Look at verse 21. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. 
You know, in this short verse, Isaiah 57, 21, we are told the reason why folks don't have peace. Right. Because of wickedness. Yeah, right. Sin. Sin has broken that fellowship, and that fellowship is the key to peace. Yes. Right. It is our lifeline yep. to peace. Amen. Fellowship with God. We have to be in fellowship with the Prince of Peace in order for the peace of God to rule in our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. But we have no peace because wickedness has come in and robbed us of our fellowship yeah. and therefore robbed us of our peace. Right. So there's no peace to the wicked. Look at chapter 59 of Isaiah. Look at chapter 59. Look at verse number 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. 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 Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I sure am glad of that. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You know, when you're in that condition... When, when you are separated from God in your relationship with God and you feel like you're praying and He's not hearing, you know what happens to the soul? You get trouble. Yeah. Right. Peace is gone. Right. Why? The iniquities have come be between us. They've separated between you and your God. Right. Now He's going to go down through here and He talks about the 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 attributes of those who have no peace. Now listen, let me just say this right here. This is the way we deal with, with the situation when there's, when there's strife. We feel like we have to gloss over things, that we have to tolerate things, that we have to make people feel good about where they are in order to create peace. That is not the way to peace. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah. When Jesus comes back, here's an illustration for us. When Jesus comes back to this earth to bring peace on earth at last, you know how he's going to bring peace? With a sword. Yeah, right. That's how he's going to bring it. He's not bringing, he's not bringing peace with an olive branch. No, he's bringing peace with a sword. You know what he's going to do? He's going to cut out the wickedness. Because it is sin that robs us of peace in our hearts, in our homes. It's sin that robs us of peace, that creates strife. And so the Lord says, listen, let's deal with the sin. He says in verse 3, Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. Boy, truth is truth is falling in the streets today. Yeah. Truth, I, I saw an interview uh, just a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was not a, a Christian really conducting the interview. It was a Catholic, Catholic guy interviewing uh, some trans something or other. And I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying I'm not even sure what he was talking with. But he said they were talking about they were talking about you know identifying and all that stuff. And and the man who was conducting the interview he said, well you know I think the truth is important. And this is what that person said. Um, 
the, the truth, that word truth, that I feel threatened by that word. <laughs> I said, you know what? They said a mouthful right there. I feel threatened by that word. That word makes me uncomfortable. I feel threatened by that. Listen, there's no peace without truth. There's no peace without truth. You can cover it up and you can make up whatever you want to and you can gloss it over and say, well, it's not that bad. My sin's not that bad. You know, their sin is worse. And, and try to create some, some semblance of peace in your heart. But listen, only the truth will make you free. Right. Only the truth will give you peace. Right. Look, look what it says here. He said that none calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity, emptiness, worthlessness, things that promise but have no substance. They trust in vanity, then speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Look down to verse 7. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. That's America. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting, and destruction are in their paths. Look at verse 8. The way of peace they know not. Why doesn't the world have peace? They don't know how to have peace. Right. They don't know the way to peace. Right. They're ignorant of the path to peace. And that's why it's so important for us as believers to make known the way of peace. Amen. Because there is a way to peace. Amen. Watch what he says back in our text here. Of, uh, 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 Isaiah 59 says, The way of peace they know not, there is no judgment in their goings. You know what that means? That means they have no idea where they're going. There's no judgment. There's no understanding. They look at, they look at something, and you know what they do? They look, okay, there's two paths. What, which way are we going to go with? Here's the way they're going to go with. The way that seems right. Seems like the Bible says something about that. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. One end, many ways. Everybody's got their own way, but all of those ways lead to the same end, and that is death. There's no peace in this world, and there's no peace in hearts and homes. Because they don't know the way of peace. There is a way of peace. There is a way uh, to peace. But they don't know it. it. says they have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. They're never going to experience it. Never going to understand it. As long as you go your own way, you'll never know peace. Now, you'll search for it your whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, some people think, well, retirement will give me peace. Then I won't have to deal with people at work. Or this will give me peace. Financial stability will give me peace. I don't have to worry about bills and finances. All you know, I found, the, listen, I don't have a lot of money, but I know this. I know this. The more you have, seems like the more you have to worry over. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You ask people who've got all kinds of money, and, and a lot of their time, they are consumed with protecting that 
and keeping it and making sure nobody's at and, and all their friendships, all their friendships are suspect. They don't really know if they have friends or not. Because they got money. They, they don't having finances and, and, and having a position in this world is no guarantee of peace. Right. Not at all. That's not the way of peace. The reason why they have no peace is because they're going their own way. Mm -hmm. There is a way mm -hmm. of peace. Right. But it's the way. You notice in our text here and in Luke chapter 1, it is called the way of peace. That's right. There's only yeah. one way. Yeah. Right. Only one way to peace. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, Jeremiah, look, look at Jeremiah chapter 10. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10. This is a very instructive verse and it's kind of tucked away in a place that I had noticed before. In Jeremiah 10 and verse 23. Jeremiah 10 verse 23. Listen to this. It's a prayer. It says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. I want you to think about that statement. The way of man, that is the way man is supposed to go. The way that God wants man to go. The way of man is not in himself. It's not in himself. You know what that means? You don't have the answer in yourself to the way you ought to go. It's not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. You can't trust your heart. The Bible tells us that. He that trusteth his own heart is a fool. That's right. Look what he says in verse 24. O Lord, correct me. That's a good prayer to pray. Amen. That's a really good prayer to pray. O Lord, correct me. Most of our prayers, it seems like, we want to justify our actions before God. Right. We certainly want to justify them before others. Yeah. But a good prayer would say, we go like this, Oh Lord, correct me. It's not in me to know where to go. To know the way of man. Correct me, but with judgment. Not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. You know what Jeremiah is reiterating in this passage? There is a way that man should go, but man himself cannot find the way by himself. Yeah. There is a way of peace, but it's not in man to find that way. So how does one find the way of peace? Look back at our text in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And I want us to look at these verses that we read as our text for just a few minutes. Here the Lord says that John is coming to prepare the Lord's ways. And he is saying one of these ways is the way of peace. To guide feet. In the way of peace. 
And watch what he says here. This way, I believe, is laid out for us. The path is laid out. The path to peace, the way of peace, is laid out in these scriptures. In verse 77, he says this, To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. First of all, the way of peace comes by the remission of sins. That word remission, we, we use that word remission in our day. When we, uh, most of the time when I hear it uh, spoken of in our day, it, it's if someone's had cancer and then that cancer has gone into remission, that means it's, it's, uh, it's ceased for a little while. But our Bible word remission is connected to forgiveness. It's connected to forgiveness, to uh, the remission of sins is the forgiveness of sins or the pardon of sins. As we mentioned before, the reason why man does not have peace with God is because of his sins. Our iniquities separate us from God. And so before we can have peace with God, we must have those sins taken care of. Those sins must be forgiven. A way of peace has to be made through the forgiveness of sins. And I'm thankful that salvation, as we're, we see here in verse 77, the knowledge of salvation comes by the remission of their sins. I am thankful that there is forgiveness with God. Amen. Amen. I, I was thinking about words that I really love in the Bible. And, and I can't think of a word that I love more than forgiven. <laughs> Forgiven. You know, what you know what it means to forgive? It means to treat the offender as if he was not guilty of the crime. It's not just to say, okay, I know you did this, and, 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 and we'll try to move past it. We'll try to work through this thing. And, you know, I'll try, to, I'll try to, you know, treat you better than what you really deserve. Which, that'd be, that'd be good. That's a good start to treat better than, than I deserve. Praise God for that. But God takes it beyond that. Right. He treats me as if I never sinned. Right. Amen. That's what the word justified means. Right. It means to be declared righteous by God. That comes, listen, not through our own works, not through our own goodness, but the Bible says that the, the remission of sins is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the blood that he shed. Without shedding of blood, there, there is no remission. Right, right. We have forgiveness of sins through his blood, Amen. Colossians 1.14 says. That is, we are treated by God as if we never sinned. That's the remission of sins speaking of here. That, listen... That's a good start on the way to peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have offended a holy God. Right. Our sins and our transgressions are against Him. And we've flown in the face of His commandments. Mm. And we've been willful. And we've transgressed. And we've, uh, we've taken part in iniquity. But God, in His grace and His mercy, offers forgiveness. Amen. Forgiveness. Amen. Of our sins. Way of peace. He says. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people. By the remission 
of their sins. Look at verse 78. Through the tender mercy of our God. We're not forgiven because we have proven ourselves worthy of forgiveness. It's not some work that we accomplish that brings about forgiveness from God to our lives. It's not that we've earned it in some way or that we've deserved it by some act or by some intention. We are forgiven because of the mercy of God. The tender mercy of God. I like that. You know, the mercy of God, mercy is to treat, is to, uh, I've heard heard, it put this way, and I like this definition. Grace is when God gives you what you don't deserve. And mercy is when God doesn't give you what you do deserve. We deserve hell. We deserve judgment. Our sins and our iniquities, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's the payment for what we've done wrong. That's what we've earned. You go work your job at the end of the week or end of two weeks, you want what you've earned. But what we've earned is death and hell. That's what we've earned. But the mercy of God withholds that from us. And it's tender mercy. Tender mercy. It's not just mercy, it's tender mercy. Through the tender mercy of our God. I'm glad when folks are merciful toward me. But there's nothing like when God is merciful toward me. Because he has every reason to judge me. And yet because of what Christ has done, he treats me as if I'm his son. Because in his eyes I am. Amen. He says, by the remission of sin, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. So not only by the remission of sins, this way of mercy, through the tender mercy of God, but the whereby, how did how this come about? The day spring from on high hath visited us. And you say, what does this mean? Well, day spring means the first light. It is the first light of morning. That's what day spring is. Right. Yeah. And uh, listen, uh, I, I think about in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. In verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's God the Father. And the earth was uh, uh, void, uh, without form and void. And, and darkness moved upon the face of the water. That, that, that wind, that's the Spirit. And God said, let there be light. That's the Son. Let there be light. The Son of God. Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, He's called. He's the first light. The first light that ever dawned upon this world was the beautiful Son of God. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And this is what He says, this, this day spring from on high. He didn't just shine on us. Now that would have been good enough. But He visited us. Jesus Christ came down to this earth. He took on human flesh. The Word was was made flesh and dwelt among us. He was the light of life. In Him is no darkness at all. 
the Son of God, the first light, the day spring. Amen. He shined on us, but He visited us. Amen. Why did He visit us? Well, the next verse tells us where we were. He says to give light to them that sit in darkness. Amen. And in the shadow of death. You know, before Christ came, we we're as good as dead. Right. Where He is completely light, we are completely darkness. Yeah. We sat in that darkness. I was looking at the text, and the quote from this is from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. And in and, and chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse 2, it says, They that walked, the people that walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Now they're sitting in darkness. Yeah. You know why? I was thinking about this. I was talking with Dad right before the service. You know, when it's real dark, you don't want to move around too much. Right. You might get hurt. Yeah. And when you know what we were we were uh, we were touring some caves, I think Blue Ray Cabins or caverns somewhere in Virginia. We're in there and, and if you've ever been down in one of those caverns where they take you down in, one of the things they like to do is they like to shut all the lights off while you're down there. Just to make you feel helpless and afraid and enjoy a good time. Amen. <laughs> so we're down there, and they shut the lights off, and they usually play a little trick, like, you know, uh, they'll, they'll try to get you to create some static electricity, you know, so they tell you to rub your head. And so while everybody's rubbing their head, they turn the light back on. Yeah, everybody's standing around. <laughs> But it's so dark, so dark. And at first, you're searching. You're searching for any little speck of light when they shut those lights off. You're looking for just any little speck of light. But after a while, you just, okay, I'm just going to be still. Mm. And you're really at their mercy when they're going to turn that light back on. Now, not so much anymore because we all carry flashlights, don't we? But you're at their mercy. And, 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 and you just, you're just going to be still. And you're not going to move. You've given up hope. You know, many times in our life, what has to happen is we have to get to that point. We have to get to that point before we're really ready for the light to, to come on. Right. But I'm thankful... That even if you've given up and you've sat down, you're not walking in darkness anymore. You're just sitting in darkness. <laughs> I'm thankful that even in that dark corner, in that dark time, when there's no peace in your heart, the Son of God, the day spring from on high, Amen. can shine upon Amen. you Amen. and visit you yes. and pull you out of that darkness into His glorious light. Amen. Day spring from on high hath visited us. Why is he there? To guide our feet Amen. in the way of peace. In John 14, it's a scripture that we turn to often because we want comfort, and many times we turn to it to preach about the sufficiency of Christ. But it's good that we remember 
where we find that scripture. Where we find that scripture and the context of that scripture is the disciples that Jesus loved and he led for three and a half years. He's just told them, I'm going away. I'm leaving. And this is how it starts in John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. I think they're a little troubled in their heart. Maybe they had a loss of peace. But Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. He gets down and, 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 he, and he, he says, talks to him about the way. And Thomas says, Lord, how do we know the way? You're going somewhere we've never been. Come on, think about it. Yeah. Jesus is going back to heaven. They've never been to heaven. And Jesus is saying, you know the way. <laughs> We've never been there. How are we going to know the way? This is what Jesus said. I am the way. He's the way. He is the way of peace. Amen. They were standing there and they were, they were troubled and they were concerned because they felt they were being left alone, being left in the dark. And Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He's saying, I'm the way to God. I'm the way to peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad? For the day when the day spring shined and visited your heart and you understood listen before I was at enmity with God before I was in darkness before I was just I had lost my way and I had no peace but now I've got peace with God I can lay down at night and not worry about where I'm going to go if I die thank God for the way of peace amen Thank God for Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Thank God for the light. Hide it under a bushel? No. no. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Yes. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. You know what this world needs? They need the day spring. Yes. Amen. Amen. They need Jesus. Yeah. They need the way of peace. Yeah. We know the way. Yeah. If you're here tonight and you're saved, you know the way. Yeah. You've been there before. Yes, yeah. Hopefully you're living there. Yeah. The way of peace. Not by works of righteousness, Mine. which we have done. Right. But according to his mercy, Amen. he saved us. Amen. He saved us. Amen. He saved us. Amen. He saved us. Amen. We're not lost anymore. We've been saved. Amen. We've been rescued. Amen. We've been redeemed. Yeah. We have the light shining in our hearts. Amen. We have peace with God. Fear not, you don't have the peace of God. You don't have peace with God. The way of peace is Jesus. Yeah. Amen. <coughs> I can't make it any simpler than that. The way of peace is Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know peace. Amen. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't know peace. 
no matter what you gain, no matter what you have, what you trust, you'll never have peace until you have Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the word, the way, the truth, the life. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the day spring. Thank you, Lord, for that mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, took the hand of God and the hand of man and brought us together through the sacrifice of himself. He paid for our sins on the cross. Those sins that God could not ignore, the payment that had to be paid, that all of us were on the hook for, Jesus redeemed us from when he paid for all of our sins on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Thank you for making peace for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for securing peace with God. Thank you for shining upon us. And thank you for visiting us. Thank you for being the best friend I've ever had. And Lord, I pray if someone here tonight, they don't have peace. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to see that Christ is all they need. Yes. He's all they need. May they come to him by faith. May they trust his work. Be born again. Lord, we know when we're saved we have peace with you but many times as believers we can not have the peace of God ruling in our hearts and so God if there's someone here tonight they're saved but they've lost that peace that ruling peace in their heart dear God I pray that you'd help them to see that getting close to Jesus take care of that. May they draw nigh to you. By faith receive your word. Lord, maybe there's some sin that has come between us and you and it's robbing us of our peace. Lord, I pray that we confess that. We know that there's forgiveness with you. That there's mercy. We confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. Lord, restore that fellowship that's been broken. God, I pray that you do the work in every heart that needs to be done tonight. Yeah. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. Amen. Let's stand together. Altar's open. <coughs> we'll have a piano play. Do, peace, do business with God. You have the peace of God ruling in your heart, believer here tonight and you're lost listen you can have peace with God the way of peace you can walk in you can live in no matter what's going on around you whether the circumstances are good bad or ugly if you're walking with God you can have the peace of God ruling in your heart
was in my devotion the last, well, I guess the last several days, but I'm reading in Genesis. And yesterday I read about Abram's first trip down into Egypt. If you remember, there was a famine in the land. He was in the promised land, the land God led him to. And he should have, he could have dwelt there by faith and trusted God to take care of him. But you know what we so often do? We see things getting tough, we see things getting hard, and we run down into Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is a picture of sin, it's a picture of the world. We go to the world looking for peace. We find it. No, Abraham got himself, Abram at this point, got himself into trouble. Lied about his wife. God brought plagues on Pharaoh because he took Abram's wife and Pharaoh ended up kicking Abram out of the land of Egypt. But you know what happened at the beginning of chapter 13? It says that Abram went up out of Egypt. You know, when he got to Egypt, he went down into Egypt. But it says that Abram went up out of Egypt. When he left, he was rich in cattle and silver and gold. Sometimes living in the world doesn't mean that we're going to have it hard. It seems to me that God blessed Abram financially when he was out in the world, when he was living in Egypt. Sometimes we think we're pretty comfortable. We can find reasons to just continue to live where we're at. But you know, the end of those first few verses in Genesis chapter 13. It says, And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and High, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. He came up out of Egypt, went back to the altar that he had made, where he had been with the Lord. He went back to that place and he called on the name of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're saved, but you've been dwelling in Egypt. And because of that, as Brother Mark preached tonight, the world has robbed you of your peace. Sin has robbed you of your peace. Maybe you're here tonight you need to come up out of Egypt. You need to get back to that altar and call upon the name of the Lord. say, that's me, Pastor. I have never trusted Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. You just slip up your hand. 
say, I, I'm saved, I know I'm saved. But I haven't had the peace of God for a while. I know positionally I have God's peace. I am at peace with God. But as far as the way I'm living right now, I don't have the peace of God. Brother Mark preached what we got to do. What is the answer? It is Jesus. We need to get to Him. We'll just take a couple more minutes as the piano plays. If you want to come to the altar, you can. I know some already have. Sometimes we think we lose peace because we've got some, we must have some wicked sin in our life, some terrible thing in our life. But you know Philippians 4 says, be careful, means to be full of care for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're just simply in the sin of prayerlessness. We are lacking faith. You're carrying the burdens on your own and not giving them to Jesus. I'm offering them to his feet. Was helped by it, and I pray there are others here tonight that were helped by it as well. I don't know about you, but I don't like living this life without the peace of God. It is no fun. It's rough. This life is hard enough when we have the peace of God. When we don't, we're quite miserable, aren't we? Yeah, and if you've ever had it, when you don't, you know what you're missing. Yeah. And it is no fun. If you've never had it, well, then maybe you need to get something settled tonight. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. We'll dismiss and fellowship. and uh, But I'd encourage you, again, don't leave tonight if you need to do business with God. Don't leave. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the message that we've heard. The message on how we can have the peace of God. 
Brother Mark mentioned, the way there is a way which seemeth right unto the man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are many, many, many ways to hell. But there is only one way to heaven. I pray everyone here tonight knows that and has trusted you as their one way to heaven. If someone's here and they're trusting in something else, I pray, Father, they wouldn't leave without getting it settled. I pray that you bless each one as we leave, give us safety as we travel home. Thank you for what you've done in hearts tonight. Thank you for what you've done in my heart. I pray as we leave tonight, you continue to work. Throughout the day tomorrow, I pray you continue to work in our hearts. And bring everyone back tomorrow evening that's able to come, Lord, to hear what it is that you have for us. Yeah. And I pray in between now and then, we would be in prayer, in fervent prayer. Not just for the lost to be saved, for visitors to come. Yes. But first and foremost, Lord, I, I pray that we would be praying that you would work in our own hearts. Because we need to meet with you this week. Yeah. I need hear from you this week. And I pray that you will continue to work. Father, thank you for all that you've done and for what you're going to do. We just thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray.